0: We hope you enjoy the show, as together we hear how they are making their world better. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology, strategy, and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Being in the nonprofit space, one of the biggest questions I get is about grant funding. Nonprofit leaders know that grants can be a very important part of their overall revenue, but knowing how to write grants well and where to find them can leave many of us overwhelmed. Well, it's a good thing my friend Holly Rustic at Grant Writing and Funding creates ways to make grant writing simple and achievable. Well, here's the good news. She is offering you, my listener, a free grant writing class. And of course, she also has her own podcast, Grant Writing and Funding. So I encourage you to visit grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob for the free grant writing class and find out more about Grant Writing and Funding podcast. Once again, that's grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob. Hello, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in today. And thanks for being part of this community. As I've mentioned in the past, I always enjoy hearing from you. So, whether you have ideas for the podcast, want to be on the show, or want to share a rating or review of the podcast, I would love to hear from you. So, if you want to do a rating or review, you just go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you want to uh, pass on an idea uh, or share some uh, feedback on the podcast, just email me at nonprofitleadershippodcast at gmail.com. All right, on to the show. Well, there is this age old question about leadership, and it's this Are leaders born? Or are leaders made? How would you answer that? Now, if leaders are born leaders, how is that recognized and developed? And if leaders are made, what does that look like? How do people grow as leaders? Well, this and more is discussed by my guest, Mark Gothier. He is the vice president and U.S. national director of CREW. He leads over 5,000 staff members in his role, which takes him all over the world. I think you'll get a lot out of his 30 years of experience leading and growing teams. Enjoy today's show. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yes, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really interested in hearing your insights on leadership because you lead a team of over 5,000 staff members as the vice president and US national director. That's a lot of people that you're managing and overseeing and you're responsible for. So I'd love to talk to you about what you have learned about leadership from your impressive leadership experience over the years. So I, I thought I'd ask with this question here. First, in your opinion, Are leaders born or are leaders made? Oh,
1: wow! I love that question, and I'm learning about leadership. Let me just say that, Rob. I'll tell you this: as every leader knows, it's like a continual journey of growth and and trying to get better. And so, uh, I'll just put that little caveat there. But are (laughs) are leaders are they are they born or they made? Let's say both. I think both. You know, I think. Both in this way, I think all of us are, get, we were born with skills and talents, abilities, gifts. We have different capacities, kind of the scale of our gifting, in my opinion. And I think we can be developed and we can grow as leaders. And so kind of both, in my opinion, both nature and nurture, they both, they, they come together. And so certainly there's natural gifting. Some have, maybe more than others. But I think um, people, all people can develop and grow and get better and make a contribution in a significant way. And we.
0: I like that answer. Yeah, it it's a both ends, isn't it? Well, on the made side and the, the nurture side, if you will, a young leader, say, maybe is listening to this podcast and is hearing your insights. They're primarily focused on how they can grow in their career and grow as a leader and mature as a leader. How does that happen? What would you say are some of the first steps or most important steps? If you're a young leader today listening to this, what would you recommend them to invest in in order to grow and mature as a leader?
1: Yeah, and so uh, I think this is our lifelong uh, job as leaders is to lead first and foremost ourselves and to grow. And so I, I think of uh, it's easy to simply focus on competency, skill acquisition, training which is super important and we need to get this and i think that's going to be the natural gravitational go-to is that that's what i'll do and yet along with that and perhaps as we get older in our leadership and our leadership gets more complex it's the it's the inner life it's the development of what i would call our character the character of a leader as we get older our gifting and skill, they get neutralized if our character formation is not foundational and ongoing. And so I think, and that would be a, a big area that I, when I think about development and paying attention to uh, making your greatest contribution early on, I think of obviously skills and training and focusing on what's going on inside, which we could talk about, but that's. That's how I, I wouldn't approach that.
0: I like that. Would you say, would you go to the extent that self-leadership, how one leads oneself, is the most important attribute of leadership?
1: I like that, Rob. Better said, well said. I think, uh, you know, you, uh, you think about the points of a compass, just a common way to think about it, and the north, south, east, west, up, down, sideways, but that center first, that part, me, how am I doing self-leadership? And. I think on that, it's, 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 it's growing in our ability to be connected and known by others, we're not fighting or living in isolation. A lot of connections there with how we actually live out our leadership. I think how do we handle and metabolize the ups and downs of life? The drama that faces us, the, the brokenness in our world, the fact that this, this is an a good and a bad world, but we live in. And so how do we metabolize that? I think that's, you know, a common theme now is resilience. I'm sure you guys, you talk a lot about that on your show and people on sure. your podcast. And, um, I think resilience has a lot to, to do. That's a character thing is what's the internal fortitude. And so, uh, yes, I do think self up leadership, which is, uh, um, we could open that up and unpack that a bit in terms of how you do that, but I, I like what you
0: said. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all too prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Well, thanks for saying that. And, you know, Many of my listeners are leaders themselves. They're executive directors, CEOs of nonprofit organizations of various sizes, or they may be a development director or, you know, on the staff of a nonprofit. I'm curious. So when we talk to leaders who are leading others on their team, so to speak, or under them, if you will, what have you found to be the best motivation to help those that you're leading to want to grow and expand and continue to move up in their own leadership development?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think take- First and foremost is a person's clarity of purpose and a sense of what do I want to accomplish? Where do I see myself? And and again, this is where gifting and how we're made comes in my mind, comes into play. And, and so it's, it's like, what's the big idea in my life? And I think understanding that and clarifying that provides a great motivation. I think looking at what are the needs out there and how could I contribute to that. For some people, that's, that's a real motivation and understanding that with, with leaders, younger leaders also. I think, what, what is it that I want to accomplish? Some people are super goal-oriented. Not all of us are. I happen to be a goal-oriented person. Some people don't, you know, aren't super motivated to set goals. Others are. Some are motivated to solve problems. I have three young adult kids. They're all married. So six, they're ranging from 26 to 31. And these these are incredible human beings. And all of them are motivated a little differently. Uh, Figuring that out. Some are, and it's the purpose. Some are, it's about people. Some, it's about a need, a problem to be solved. So I think understanding that with people helps us know how to motivate them. And they're going to be in big categories. They're big ideas. They're not, uh, they're, they're, everybody's got that in their being because they were made to have that kind of stuff inherent in their lives.
0: Well said. Well, as you think about your experience of leading all over the world at this point, have you found there's certain traits that really stand out as the most important trait effective leaders have that really set them apart? And if so, what are those attributes that stand out to you?
1: Yeah. Well, of course, there's a lot of things that are written about this and a lot of good thoughts. So uh, I I'll I will just add to what's already out there. But this is what I look at. And, and uh, what, what I see is, first of all, what you see really matters. In other words, do you have a vision? And uh, I have a... I think we we give what we ask for often. Uh, or another way to say it, we see what we're looking for. We receive what we ask for. So an example would be uh, if I decide I'm gonna buy a Jeep Wrangler, that'd be a nice vehicle to have up in Park City, nice Jeep. And so I buy a Jeep. Up until that point, I've really not paid too much of attention, too much attention to it. I buy the Jeep. And lo and behold, I realized the whole world almost has a Jeep. And now all of a sudden, Jeeps everywhere. And they've been there the whole time. I just didn't see it. So I think one of, one of the attributes is what are you looking at? What's your vision? And I just got back from some really challenging parts of the world where we have volunteers in the Middle East. And these people in, are in environments that are incredibly, incredibly challenging. And uh, they have a vision and it's that, that, that's a huge factor. Second, I think is humility and, and humility. There's a lot of, that's kind of one of those words that gets thrown around. But, and I think there's a lot of ways to look at it for me. I think, are, are you a, a learner? Do you, are you a, a grower? Do You recognize that y- you are one piece of this planet. Is is there a sense in which you can you have good self awareness? You said leading yourself. It's like, do you have a do I have an awareness of I need to grow? I, I, I'm not a be all be all end out all, all. And I think third, is there a track record of fruitfulness, faithfulness? One of the things that I do in hiring people, I'll start out back when they were in elementary school. I for what did you let? Tell me about what you were involved in, what kinds of things. And you know, oftentimes you can you can see the track record, the development, the gifting that's come out. And not always, but I think oftentimes kind of what have do we what have we seen kind of a an accelerated contribution happen because of something we did? Or what's what's our track record? I look for team builders, people that It's it's kind of like it's you know there's no I in team, and uh, there isn't me in me. But you don't want to have that, you know. It's like, what can I gather a group of people, and create space for them to paint on the canvas of vision, and empower them. And I think the final thing, this is a little bit not the final, but another thing that's important to me is, is this person comfortable in their own skin? Are they centered? Is there a sense of who am I and who am I not? What are my boundaries, if you will? Um, And can can I be a follower? Oddly enough, I think to be a leader, you have to be a follower. And we all are under authority somewhere. So those are a few thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, well, one of them, uh, in addition to all those attributes you just mentioned, and thanks for giving us that list in your mind, you know, one of those attributes that really stand out to me is what often is called being a servant leader. Now, I realize that term can be misconstrued potentially if it's not clearly defined. And I know you've mentioned before that servant leadership is a very important attribute for you as well. How do you define it? And why is it so impactful when it comes to leadership?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start with a, a powerful story that I read from uh, one of the greatest leaders, in my opinion, my opinion in the world, and that's the person of of Jesus. And I was reading a story in the book written about him, the Book of John, the fourth book in the in the New Testament. And it's John. It's in the 13th chapter. and It's a story about his final meal with uh, his team, his followers, and. Uh, uh, he gathers his team and he basically uh well he proceeds to serve them by washing their feet and so i I'm struck by that as it relates to being a servant leader it's really loving other people well now that can what does that that's kind of ethereal. what does that mean and I think uh there's a there's a lot that can all under that. I think it's telling the truth to someone. I think it's encouraging, providing uh, resources to help another person develop and grow, thinking that success is not what I do, but what others do because of what I do. It's the affirmation, the, the, the giving out that you did that, you were incredible. You know, it's the you or the we, but it's not, hey, look what I did as the leader. And, uh, it's, it's, I think to me that, that is so integral into, to what does love look like, but how do people flourish and excel? They do it when they are, they experience the fact that the leader is for them and committed to their success and helping them to be empowered to accomplish
0: what the leader
1: and the person has agreed to do.
0: Really powerful. And I remember this quote from the uh, book, Good to Great. When it comes to leaders that have gone to that great level, so to speak, or, or are aiming for that, when it comes to praise, they quote look out the window and they praise their team. But when it comes to maybe they've made a mistake or they've had some struggles, they look in the mirror and they look at themselves and say, how can I get better? And it kind of gets to what you're talking about. I think is it, you know, when it comes to we're winning, we're doing this as a together and we're and thank you team. And it's all about the team, not about the person, but certainly when it comes to the humility of realizing, maybe I could do better as a leader when things aren't going as well. Would you say would that also kind of fit into that servant leadership mindset? Yes.
1: That, uh, that looking at how, how you handled failure. Or when things aren't going well, or how others, how you handle others' failure, or when things aren't going well.
0: Is that, Rob, did I get your question? or Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Is that kind of that same thing of servant leadership, meaning you own your own mistakes, but yeah. when it comes to successes, you really are thinking about the entire team.
1: I, I like the way you frame that up. And I, I do think this gets back to the character, the inside. And I, and even what you look for in other leaders, and can they talk about where are they growing? So to bring it home to your question, I think the failures are owning them. Mm. And uh, I'll mm. tell you, in my life, in my leadership, I've had, I've had so many to own privately and publicly, uh, to take responsibility for it, and, and to own it. And then, of course, as you said, to help other people experience know the success was was you way to go and so that's a lot easier said than done and i think yeah. that's where it comes back to that humility yeah that uh, and that window mirror image i like that
0: I, I, that perspective we'll be right back As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology tools and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology, strategy, and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom-line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Do you want a clear step-by-step system to write grants so that your nonprofit secures funding in a stress-free manner? Well, check out the free grant writing class, How to Write Winning Grants in 7 Proven Steps. We'll walk away with seven nuggets of grant writing clarity and a free action workbook so you can start writing higher quality grants today. Just watch this free class now at grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob. Again, that's grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you will find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. And when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and join the nonprofit leadership podcast community. Just look for the subscribe button, which is on the top right-hand side. It's a real easy process. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Well, certainly when it comes to leadership, there's also an aspect where every leader I've talked to, and I'm guessing you've experienced this too, leadership is lonely. In fact, leadership can be draining. uh, And for many, the constant barrage of leadership challenges can actually burn us out. And I'm sure with you've been in leadership for a long time, you lead a lot of people on your staff. What have you done to, in your own life personally, to replenish your leadership fire and even your compassion fatigue? Yes, right.
1: thanks for asking that question because uh, for me that that's kind of uh, that's money in the bank on that one for me personally is, and to be to be making a contribution for the long haul. Uh, this has been something that I have to pay uh, attention to. So it's uh, if I could go back to what you said earlier, this self leadership. I have to lead myself, and so the loneliness piece some of the things that uh, uh practices i tried to employ and, and and continue to grow in would be in this these areas number one my own creating space to consider to look at myself to stand back and observe to be aware and i uh, i do that i have practices where i do that and one one of them is once a month where i take an extended time and pull out a pen and I, I do kind of some things that like, okay, how have I been feeling? Kind of try to get to the inner life. There are times as we're leaders I, uh, when we're in it and you're just getting so much negativity at times. You It's like that's coming at you. Got to process that. I got to think about that. I just don't want to put my head down and keep going. And so I think taking time to be reflective on how am I doing on inside? How do I, how do I feel? Um, what are my affections? That would be one on second is bringing a few people into my reality. I can't, I, I, I can't think of any leader that can make it on their own for the long haul. And uh, I, I certainly have, have needed and need others. And so Finding uh, a, a group of people or, or a few friends that I can bring them into my reality hey here's what's going on and they don't there's not a judgment there's not a a fix it it's more of tell me more tell me more and that's that's been uh, super helpful and, and that has helped with perspective and and uh, getting sometimes resourcing from, my, from those groups of people third and this is to the resource point i i think as leaders we have to we have to make sure we're resourcing ourselves so you know any great athlete got a coach uh, and so i've always tried to to have a uh, a, a coach i have a coach uh, an organizational coach, I have a, a counselor that I've connected with on the relational side i've got a fitness coach, somebody that helps me to, to develop the, the physical side of my my life. and then of course, I have friends that I'm, you know I'm going to for perspective, but I think that's really important. Where do you need something that you don't have in and of yourself? And so often the loneliness is there because we aren't willing. Just simply invite others into our reality. I seek to take time off. I seek uh, to to get the space to be energized. Everyone's got a a different way of doing that, but we've got to figure it out for us.
0: Well, in your leadership experience, um, I'm curious to how you've balanced this one because I think it's a good segue from what we've been talking about. On the one hand, you know, as leaders, we want to inspire and trust the leaders that are underneath us that were on our team. But at the same time, there's always time for accountability and correction sometimes. How do you balance those elements? You know, on the one hand, really wanting to inspire and, and trust, you know, your team to do what they're called to do. But when do you come alongside and provide that accountability or again, worst case, maybe correction? What would you say to that? How have you balanced that over the years with so many staff?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Every level of leadership requires a different way of approaching this. Same principles, but you've got to figure this one out. And I thought this question was such a good question because I'm living in this right now. We're in a, a situation where I, we're re, resetting, recalibrating for this season and chapter of our contribution to the world. And so and it involves a lot of people so how am I doing that and so well few thoughts on that one is to create clarity there's got to be clarity of what is our purpose and what are the outcomes of what we're trying to do and i think that's a uh, that's seems so, so simple and yet so often i have found it's not there and if that's not there there's no kind of benchmark for accountability. There's no kind of, there. There's not the, how are we progressing? Second would be seeking to build an environment of what I would call grace and truth. And what do I mean by that? I think people grow best in a context of grace where somebody is giving them, believing in them, giving them Freedom to fail, taking failure as not an be all end all, but a learning opportunity, and to be supportive—that's that's the grace and truth. And they're not a balance; it's both. Truth is saying that last ten percent, as some have said, of hard truth, but doing it in a gracious, loving way, in a way that helps a person to metabolize it. And I, I think uh, that environment's really important. I find with, in my leadership, I, I, I want to continually be building into people the, the perspective that I'm for them and always telling them the truth, being honest with them. Third, I think, is to communicate encouragement intentionally. Uh, one of the things that I find is... It's just for all of us, it's hard beating nonprofits. It's one of the hardest things in the world. Doesn't matter what your mission is, it's, it's really hard working with volunteers and people that don't have to be there. And it is challenging. And so I think our leaders need to hear from us well done. This is what I'm saying, and, uh, and make sure that I'm intentionally doing that. Then, I think when I'm giving feedback regularly, which is the fourth point, is that when when people are because we do we get we get out of bounds right? and uh, we don't do things correctly or we need feedback. I, I've, I it's brutal for me sometimes out there. People, you know that what they they want to share with me, and honestly, some of it really stings. Some of it's not super helpful, but it's hard. It's it's hard to hear. But you need to hear it. And so I think um, that, that piece of being honest and with your, your team, knowing that this person is going to be honest with me. And so when you have the clarity of purpose, got environment of grace and truth, you're encouraging and you're talking about the
0: outcomes of their leadership. Well, as we said at the outset, your nonprofit organization takes you all over the world. And so you get to see all kinds of different things. And I'm sure you mentioned earlier, you're seeing a lot of challenges around the world. And and yet my last question, I like to ask this of my guests often, what is giving you hope today? What are you seeing out there either in your organization or what you're seeing around the world that really does keep you going and, and keeps that leadership vision fire lit?
1: Yes, that word hope. We could talk a lot about hope, but that is so critical. Yeah. Because one thing the leader does is they inspire and can give hope and lift people's eyes to where we're going. And And so we got we to gotta have that. So I appreciate that. I think it's so central to effective leadership. And so as I look at the world and the world, there's a lot of crises around the world. You take COVID, obviously that's Big, we don't need to talk about that. We just got back from a place where there are incredible conflict between nations in our own country, whether it's around race, ethnicity, around politics, around anxiety among young people, what name it, it's it's significant. And I think what gives me hope is that I see a way forward. I think there's a way to experience connection change and power to make a difference in the world. And, and I, I'm seeing that. And I think Gen Z or Gen Z, as someone around the world will call it, call them, they're made for this time. And I think they want to make a big difference. There's an experience of a bunch of students on different colleges over the last two months that have been having a renewal of commitment. So Rob, I have a lot of I have a lot of hope. I see people around the world who are making a difference, loving people, meeting needs, feeding people, serving people in incredibly challenging places, but that bring light in darkness.
0: And uh, so I have a lot of hope. Well, I'm so glad that you do. I think I found leaders that have hope inspire others around them. And I think you're right. As you mentioned, there's so many other challenges around the world. And again, you get around the world more than most. It can be discouraging because it seems overwhelming. And so to have hope, I think really is sadly becoming more rare, but it's so critical because it continues to keep people inspired and, and you know really plugged in to want to make a difference. So my listeners, if they want to get to know you a little bit better and get to know a little bit more about your organization, how, where would you send them and how can they do that?
1: Yeah, that's that's good. So they can just uh, find us at crew.org, pretty simple, crew.org. And uh, my name's Mark Gothier, and and you can find me there. Love to interact with anybody that would want to over anything I've said. It
0: would be a pleasure. So thanks for asking that question, Rob. Absolutely. Well, Mark, thanks for being on the show and sharing your insights. And thanks for all you do to invest in so many leaders around the world. So I appreciate you taking time today. Thank you for having me.